Welcome to Technovation, a weekly conversation with people who are shaping the technology landscape. I'm Peter High, president of Meta Strategy, advisor to technology executives, Forbes columnist, book author, and your host. Each episode of Technovation features insights from top executives and thought leaders at the intersection of business, technology, and innovation. If you like what you hear, we'd be grateful if you give us a rating on iTunes or through whatever other source you use for podcasts. And please subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Thank you. Our conversation today is from our recent MetaStrategy Digital Symposium. The topic is Towards Artificial Intelligence First Operating Models. And the interviewees were Paula Arbor, the Chief Information Officer of Tenant Healthcare, and Chris Gates, the Chief Technology Officer of Allstate. The person who led the conversation was Mike Bertha, MetaStrategy's Central Region Leader, who joins me now. Mike, welcome. Thanks for having me, Peter. Great to speak with you as always. Mike, talk a little bit about this this idea of towards an AI-first operating model. Obviously, a lot of people are familiar with AI. Um, it's on the minds and lips of so many different executives and certainly especially technology executives. Uh, but why this topic and why oriented around the operating model aspect of it as well? Yeah, sure. So it's been clear for a while now that many organizations are at somewhat of an inflection point in the realm of digital transformation. We hear our our clients talking about this amongst their leadership teams, and we hear captains of industry like Tom Siebel, uh, another recent guest on the podcast, characterizing the last 20 years as uh, an era of mass corporate extinction for those companies that fail to acknowledge the, the shifting digital landscape. He says, Something like 52% of companies in the Fortune 500 have fallen off the list since 2000. Uh, So at the center of this inflection point and the surrounding discussions are a lot of digital technologies. Uh, The one that we found to be most prominent is artificial intelligence. Uh, Undoubtedly a trend we've been monitoring and and witnessing for some time now. However, uh, leading up to our uh, digital symposium in July, we noticed uh, the conversation around AI was uh, evolving. Um, Specifically, it was shifting from promising use cases in functions and business units to grander scale transformations. So companies were rethinking, as you said, the entire operating model in the name of AI, uh, redefining the the seams and the structure of the organization to break down data silos. Uh, and standing up, in a lot of cases, entire new functions dedicated to identifying, piloting, and scaling uh, those AI use cases that were most promising. And then at the actual symposium in July, we surveyed about 100 global CIOs to test our hypothesis and found that two-thirds had already spun up dedicated teams or entire functions to focus on identification, pilot, and scaling of AI use cases. And for those whom were yet to do so, 60, 60% said it was actually on their roadmap. So this trend, uh, originally coined as shifting to AI first by Google, was getting legs. And we wanted to capture some characteristics of organizations that are effectively navigating the shift. Yeah, very interesting. And talk a bit about the the two executives that you you interviewed: Paula Arbor from Tenet Healthcare, Chris Gates from Allstate, uh, uh, a leader in the in the health space, a leader in the insurance space. Uh, talk talk a, a bit about uh, why them and why their stories were compelling. Sure. Well, starting in the aggregate, uh, healthcare and insurance are two of the most data heavy industries, and generally where there's data, there's opportunities to make 
products, processes, and experiences more intelligent and, and more automated. Uh, in the case of Paula, the CIO at Tenet Healthcare, there, there's an ocean of clinical and claims data available. And from speaking with her in the past, I know they're laser focused on synthesizing that data and combining it with voice of the customer analytics to help improve the patient experience. And, and during the panel, she shares some really interesting nuances on how to pursue AI without undermining the importance of the, the human side of the patient-physician interaction. And then just recently, under the pressures of COVID-19, she has truly demonstrated her ability to lead in a crisis and spin up new data-driven solutions in, in near real time to help manage these most unusual circumstances. And then Chris Gates, uh, Chief Technology Officer at Allstate, is representing a, a company that is no stranger to doing innovative things with data in the space of insurance. Uh, the DriveWise program, for example, that monitors driver telemetry data and offers rebates to those that exhibit safe behaviors on the road, or the, the similar but different MileWise program that provides a pay-as-you-go or metered billing model for auto insurance, both truly examples of creating new business models on the platform of data and AI. Uh, and, and outside of Allstate, Chris is just a, a truly dynamic leader that brings insights and experience colored by his leadership posts at other formidable companies such as AIG, Under Armour, and various business units at General Electric. Before we get to our interview, I wanted to introduce you to our sponsor, Zoho and the company's president, Timothy Casby. Prior to taking on his current role, he was the chief information officer of a number of companies, including Reliance Industries, Sears, Intrexon, and the Warehouse Group. He's now at Zoho, a most unusual enterprise software company, and wanted to share some perspectives from it. Timothy, take it away. Peter, you keep calling us an unusual enterprise software company. I think we should talk about that a bit. Yes, we have not borrowed a single dollar from a VC or a bank, and ended up bootstrapping our way to multi-billion dollar SaaS business with over 60 million enterprise users. That itself is unusual for a tech company. But the principles that have kept us from accepting VC term sheets are simple. We believe all our employees should have good night's sleep each night, be it month-end, quarter-end, or year-end. To enable this principle, we have stayed private and have not dipped into public money. We don't believe in debt and discourage anyone from getting in one. A good night's sleep has its premium. Yes, we believe in good night's sleep and eating healthy foods. That's why we leave money on the table. It comes from our principle of eating healthy food. Just because there is food on the table, we don't believe it's healthy to eat it all. Therefore, any product we market, be it CRM, Sign, Helpdesk, and 100 others, these will be many multiples cheaper than our nearest competitor. And it comes from the principle of leaving money on the table. Find out more about our unusual enterprise company at Zoho.com. Thanks, Timothy. I also wanted to share a quick message from our sponsor, Sykes. Sykes is a leading provider of multi-channel demand generation and customer engagement services, helping Global 2000 companies enhance touch points at every stage of the customer journey. To share some perspectives, I'll briefly turn it over to Ian Barkin, the company's chief strategy and marketing officer. Customers don't want and don't deserve a new normal. They deserve and want a better normal. At Sykes, we know this because we spend over 3 billion minutes a year listening to and serving customers of the world's leading brands. 
And with that much listening, you can't help but know what delights, what infuriates, and what drives customer behaviors and decisions. So what is a better normal? We believe it's the delivery of a truly intelligent customer experience. The call to action has never been clearer for CIOs, CTOs, and the broader C-suite. New is not enough, and the time for tinkering has passed. The winning combination of technology, talent, and customer insight is how to create intelligent customer experiences and a truly better normal. To read more about intelligent customer experiences, check out sykes.com forward slash ICX. Well, without further ado, let's go to our conversation. MetaStrategies Mike Bertha in conversation with Tenet Healthcare CIO Paula Arbor and Allstate CTO Chris Gates discussing why we're all headed towards an AI-first operating model. I'm going to start with uh, Chris Gates. For those of you that don't know him, he is the chief technology officer at Allstate, a $45 billion property and casualty insurer, um, a very data-heavy organization to say the least. So, Chris, welcome. Um, leading up to this panel, we talked about specific things that organizations are doing to weave AI into their operating model. And you mentioned that you have an organization that's focused on identifying AI use cases and then a process you follow to, to explore those, test them and scale them. Could you talk a little bit about that team that focuses on this and the process that you use? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Mike, thanks for thanks for having me out today. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, getting caught up and sharing some of the insight we have. Um, you, you hit it. I think data is uh, is critical to our industry in the insurance uh, world uh, and the information we're able to get from our customers in a lot of different venues is, is critical to our ability to provide the relevant services back to them. Um, part of what we've done is we, we have made a focused effort to take advantage of this space and apply AI and automation and ML wherever possible. And what we found is in order to do that, we, we really had to have a focus team that understood the impacts or the outcomes we wanted to achieve from a process standpoint, from a customer standpoint, uh, customer interactions. Uh, what we saw was our first or second attempt at AI was interesting, but we were doing AI for the sake of AI. And we didn't actually have the opportunity to capture the outputs that we wanted or the impacts we needed to have on our customers. And what we do now is, is we take a much more of what I call a discovery and framing uh, approach to the problem statements ahead of time. Um, you'll hear uh, big uh, partners of ours like Amazon talk about uh, press releases. Uh, we focus a lot on that outcome base at the beginning to understand what process are we trying to impact with technology and what does great look like if we're able to succeed. Uh, which gives us a tremendous amount of focus, uh, not only within the technology arena, but also within the business uh, constituents that we support uh, and, and, and need to get their buy-in to you know, drive the change. All right. Uh, thank, thanks, Chris. I really appreciate that. Um, so Paula, um, for those of you that don't know her, she is the Chief Information Officer at Tenet Healthcare, uh, an $18 billion healthcare services company operating hundreds of healthcare facilities, uh, general hospitals, surgical centers, outpatient facilities. Uh, the welcome, Paula. And the last several months have been very turbulent and trying to say the least. And we all certainly owe many thanks to you and the, the thousands of healthcare workers at Tenet 
that are out there keeping the system running. So thank you. Um, when we've spoken in the past uh, leading up to this panel, you mentioned uh, you continuously prioritize keeping technology simple and, and focused on the customer. So using that lens on, on a topic that's not always simple, I, I was wondering if you could talk about how you think about AI in a healthcare setting and more particularly at, at Tenet. Um, so I, I'd like to echo a couple of things. So first of all, thank you very much for inviting me. I'm delighted to be a part of this. It's good to see Chris. And and I couldn't find myself in a more um, or a lot more risk averse environment um, from a technology standpoint than healthcare. Interestingly enough, the way that I would actually, um, you know, kind of put some guardrails around this. I actually think healthcare doesn't give itself enough credit as an industry for the amount of technology that is leveraged in deliver patient care. So first and foremost, human interaction is absolutely fundamental to what healthcare does for a living. And so what you don't want to do is replace that human interaction with patients and caregivers with technology. But it's really simple to back up from that and think for a moment, but then how do I enable that interaction to take place? And so if you really dissect how that interaction takes place, there are two fundamental things that occur is what is the speed with which questions, queries, um, data interaction, problem resolution, how does that occur at the point of care so that that is not an impediment to allowing the caregiver uh, to deliver care to the patient. That's one thing. The second thing is then the flip side, how do you enable that caregiver to deliver patient care? And the, the fact of the matter remains, there's technology abounds with being able to deliver patient care. Um, so there are radiologists who use images and that's technology. Um, there are uh, surgeons who have to be scheduled in operating rooms. Um, there's data that is pushed into emergency departments um, that allow people to understand the patient that's about to cross into the doors of an emergency room. So if you just really step back and think about enabling that caregiver to deliver patient care, there's a plethora of work that we can do that is not that difficult. And that was really the quest that we went on in order to figure out how do we increase the um, speed of response? So how do we make sure that that caregiver has the data that they need, the tools that they need, the technology that they need? And then secondarily, increase the ability for that caregiver to deliver care um, and almost in a data on demand fashion with the right tools and technology. So the thing that I would actually accentuate in healthcare is it really, if you put technology again to the side and you really focus on behaviors, how do you actually drive voice of the customer and the behaviors that we use as technologists to serve those customers? How do you make those changes? And one of the things that we started down the path of is how do we instill agility um, into our mindset um, as an IT organization um, to be able to fail fast, uh, really come up with the ideas that would serve the customer um, and do it, again, with speed and thinking about the customer first, which is exactly what Chris was talking about. 
And that's what we did. We actually partnered with a very, very tiny company um, and then a couple of them that came in and helped us think differently and think about the impact of the decisions that we make and the speed with which we make those decisions that absolutely 100% serve the customer. So back to Chris's point, it wasn't about technology at all. It started with the customer and then we branched out and leveraged people who take chances and people who look at things differently to instill a behavior in us to allow us to take those chances and do it on behalf of the customer who is ultimately the caregiver delivering care to the patients. And it, I mean, and we just went from there and, and I would, you know, throw at you the fact that if you take that and you actually use the data that you have, um, and then you start manipulating uh, the way that you approach the data and then deliver that data and that information to your caregivers, before you know it, you're actually leveraging um, you know, RPA and machine learning and, and you know, eventually artificial intelligence agenda. But we didn't start there. So I guess that's really the biggest point I want to make. Very, very well said. And you know, so the emerging theme here from Paula and Chris is it starts with the customer, not a, a solution uh, looking for a problem, but a problem looking for a solution. Um, thanks for that. So shifting back over to Chris quickly, uh, a North Star in many AI-first organizations is having computers adapt to how people live their lives or do their job, not the contrary, where people have to adapt to the way computers work. This shines light on some of the technologies Powell mentioned, machine learning, natural language processing, automation, um, and all of these things contribute to scale and innovation. Um, so, Chris, I was wondering if you could talk about any specific use cases where you've used those technologies at Allstate to improve an outcome from an employee or a customer perspective. No, it's a great, great question. And, and um, it, it's easy to say, um, you know, focus on the customer. And, and, and Paula mentioned it. it, you know, when you change the word customer to patient, and, and you actually understand what's going on, you have a much different perspective around what that means, right? It's not an academic discussion, right? And, and, and we, we, to understand that, we go through a lot of scavenger hunts and try to put ourselves in the position of, of that customer in our particular scenarios. And one of the ones that we had a lot of success with was um, the situation in our business where people need us the most is when something's gone horribly wrong. Uh, they're reaching out to us, right? Uh, they've had an accident, they've had a traumatic event, and they're trying to talk to us about that. Um, what we realized is historically in that situation, the way we're structured, the, the customer may have to have that, that interaction uh, four or five times uh, during the uh, adjudication of that situation, right? So it could take 21 days and they've got to repeat themselves a number of times. Uh, understanding that and trying to be empathetic around what's going on in their life at that point in time, we started to introduce a lot of something, a lot of simple technology at first uh, around voice to text transcription, something that doesn't sound too exciting. But when you're able to do real time voice to text transcription and apply machine learning on the conversation as it's happening, it's informing the claims agent real time with important elements that you're describing around your location, uh, the damage of your vehicle, your health and wellness uh, as, as an individual. And what we're seeing is real time, this case file is being lit up with different colors and things that they need to ask different questions on 
we're pulling in aerial views of Google Maps uh, into the document. So I can now visualize, visualize where you're standing and the stop sign that whatever happened, um, I can see it. I can have a much richer dialogue with you as a customer in your time of need um, and make that interaction pleasant, uh, but also get all the information I need so that you don't have to have that conversation five times. That conversation doesn't have to take 21 days to get taken care of. We can do enough and we can rate that conversation with machine learning to give us a very high level of confidence that we know what we need to know to settle it right there on the spot. And if we're able to do that, when you're in your, your, your most dire strait, we can make sure you're comfortable, make sure somebody's coming out to pick you up, money's being transferred to you, everything's taken care of, and you, you leave that feeling, wow, that was a, that was a great experience, right? And, and that's something that we've thrown people at, we've thrown process at, we've thrown a lot of different things at. It wasn't until we unlocked the power of technology and we brought those things together in concert with that experience and the processes we have that uh, we were able to really change how we show up when they're their most critical needs and be a differentiator. Chris Gates, Paula Arbor, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been really insightful. Thanks for tuning in. Please join me on Monday when my guest will be Bonnie Titone, the Chief Information Officer of Duke Energy.